Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Plus Four podcast, exploring the big wide world of Hickory Golf. I'm your host, Rob Berman. Episodes of this podcast reflect the personalities, the passion, and the pursuit of the game as it was played in the pre-1935 era across the world. Please subscribe and hit the like button to help us build our network of golfing fans coordinated in the United States through the Society of Hickory Golfers. And visit us online at plus4.org. Uh, so before we really get into questions, let's go around the horn. Let's start with you, Willie. Tell us about you and what you do for the Carolina Golf Association. I'm retired. I helped, uh, along with uh, Rob Paluski. I helped put it together in uh, 2004 is when we actually started. We actually formed it in December of 05, and I can go into the details as we get along in here. And then 10 years later, 2015, I retired and um, Dineline took over for a couple of years. And then Richie took, I think two years after that, Rich uh, took over and he's been running it ever since and doing a great job. Excellent. And Willie, what did you do for a living? I was a um, career Coast Guard officer until I retired in 82. And then um, I founded a consulting training and consulting firm called the Leadership Edge in uh, Northern Virginia. Actually, we're still running that. We have a few clients left and money still coming in, but I haven't really worked in four or five years. Mm -hmm. And your adopted nickname, obviously a throwback to the 19th century. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, my brother uh, named me that. He unfortunately died last summer. Uh, he's, he was younger than me, but uh, mm. we used to play golf together, and I was always able to outdrive him with um, hickory clubs, and he was playing modern, so he called me Long Willie, and um, I thought that would be bragging, so I, I changed it to Lang Willie in honor of uh, the old caddy. Right. Love it. So, and Rob, he, I, I, did, I didn't realize you were there at the start of the association. Oh, yeah, he was. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I was going by my mind preparing for our call today and, you know, kind of all the all the things that came together to start the inaugural Mid Pines Hickory Open. And obviously, Captain Bill and Rich are part of that. But I was making all my notes and brought back some great memories of how we, we got it going there. I'm happy to go into that if, if that's appropriate. Sure. Let's talk about that in a few minutes. But so that is the origin story of the Carolina Hickory Golf Association as well. Yes, yes. Uh, I met Rob at, at Oakhurst in 04, the summer of 04, and he was handing out the flyers for wow. uh, the Hickory Open that he and Tad Moore and a couple other guys put together. And by then, Don and I had decided we were moving out of Northern Virginia and we were going to move down to Pinehurst. We came down a day or two early for the November 04 Hickory Open and looked at a house and ultimately bought it six weeks later. Mm. That's great. I can't wait to hear this story. But let's, uh, let's hit Rich Schmidt for a minute. Rich, tell us about you and your, your role with the association. Well, I'm, I'm a relative newbie compared to these guys. Although the, my first Hickory outing was very much intertwined with both of these gentlemen. And I don't know whether Rob remembers this or not. A little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. I had, you know, I had come here, had a condo, and I was building my double wide on my on my property on number 10 Green and Mid Pines. And 
um, I was one of the early members, and I'm not sure whether that was they even had a membership at that point, Rob. But I I went down to the club. Sure. Uh, I think it was like the Friday afternoon or whatever, uh, the practice round day of the of. And I'm not sure what Mid Pines Hickory Open that was. Do you remember, Rob? Was it maybe 05, uh, 06? I think I think 05. I think 05 because 04 was. Um... You know, you're kind of coming and going, but 05 is when we really started getting some stuff going. Yeah. And I showed up and there's all these funny looking guys dressed up in these in this funny attire playing his playing hickory clubs. And <clears throat> I just wanted to play golf. I thought, well, you know, shit, I, I wanted to just get on the golf course and play. And um, Rob handed me his clubs and he said, um, well, we need somebody to fill out a foursome. Right here's my clubs, go ahead and hit, go ahead and play. And interestingly enough, I was paired that, that afternoon with Frank Bumphrey. Mm, yeah. And that was a miraculous sort of one of those moments in your life where your whole life, sort of your trajectory of your life changes uh, because Frank was such a wonderful, interesting man. And to be paired with him, with Rob's clubs and not even knowing that I would be playing Hickory that day Mm -hmm. was um you know a pretty fortuitous thing for me that's pretty and, neat um, and you know then to learn how close willie and frank were and so it's you know it's it's all about the people as you very well know yeah excellent well rob let's go back to you for a minute so you were the head pro at mid pines at this time yes sir yep yeah. it was head pro yes head pro at mid pines yep. and you found your way to oakhurst how did that happen so, yeah, so if we back up a little bit there, uh, just a second, uh, Rob, uh, yeah, head, head pro at Mid Pines and, uh, you know, our director of golf, uh, Chip King, um, kind of tasked us with uh, some projects. And uh, so one of the projects was kind of a new business project. And, and so this was my project, you know, pairing up uh, nine, 1920s equipment with the 1920s course and then having, um, you know, chip support, then the ownership, you know, Kelly Miller. Um, Mrs. Bell, mm -hmm. having their, Dave Frickty, having their support. Um, and so, okay, then I laid my plan. And part of the plan was to go to the PGA show, met with Tad, and then to go to the um, Hickory with uh, Pete George Aid, contacted him, kind of, you know, having met with Tad, Tad's like, well, here's what you got to do. Go to Oakhurst, uh, play with my clubs. I play with Tad's clubs there and uh, much different golf than what we were doing, but it was the right connection and mm -hmm. meeting captain bill and a few others it began to take off from there and rob how old are you now just past threshold of uh senior so, yeah, uh, okay yeah so you were a young guy you were a young guy to be intermingling with all of these golfers back then yeah i guess so um i just we were all younger new, than rob <laughs> new friends yeah, yeah all all yeah, all all young people rob um, but, uh, this is, uh, yeah, just great friends. And I love the, you know, the fellowship, you know, and, uh, others, you know, others are still moving down like, uh, Captain Bill's story. Others are moving down. So it was, it was great to have, you know, I think we had breakfast with Dr. Frank at Oakhurst that day and then Rob Allstreet would come in and have breakfast <laughs> with him. So it's like, yeah, you know, so many neat stories. That's neat. You know, I'm I'm also on the younger end of all of the people from the, you know, the the first decade of SOHG. I, I got to meet Frank. I feel honored. I got to meet Frank on the second tee box at Mid Pines one year. You know, and I've met John Green and all these incredible people. I'd never know if I didn't play Hickory Golf. You guys know all of these guys. And I, I get to play with Rob every other week out here. And it's a real treat. 
So Willie, how did you discover Hickory Golf? I went to a um, an antique store and found a, an old Hickory club laying in a, in a milk can and bought it and started monkeying around with it. That was about 1995. Mm -hmm. And um, I was living in Northern Virginia, just outside of Washington back in those days. And um, it was hard trying to find guys that, that played Hickory golf, but I eventually got into the Golf Collector Society, GCS at that time, and uh, attended a couple of their events and bought more clubs, met guys like uh, John Sherwood, who was always bringing clubs over from, from England and mm -hmm. building up my set. We only had three or four guys in Northern Virginia that, that played and we'd get together with them. And um, also they had a small group that played one tournament a year up in Maryland that uh, I connected with uh, Glenn Moore, but I didn't really start playing. And I played uh, with my hickories almost all the time. Uh, I'd say 90% of the time, but when I was playing for money, I always used modern clubs uh, until we got to Pinehurst. Mm -hmm. I think of the Carolina Hickory Golf Association as probably the oldest or the first regional play group in the country. Is Do you guys know, is that the case? Yeah, I believe it was. Like I said, I met Rob in 04 at Oakhurst and, and played in the first Mid-Pines Hickory Open. Tad Moore and I uh, are the only ones that have played in every single one since 04. And we're trying to outlast each other. Mm -hmm. uh, he turned 80 in March and I turned 80 uh, last Saturday. And they're going to... I been leaning on mid-pints to create a new division uh, we're going to be called the grand masters so finally i'll be able to come in no no lower than second because i think we only have two guys that are are 80 john green is older than us but uh he hasn't played in a few years mm. i love john green boy i love that guy maybe he'll show up uh so i have another question is there any place better on earth to play golf than the carolinas scotland Mm -hmm. <laughs> how about in the u.s well, I, think I, the, I just think the conditions are just absolutely perfection for golf i i think they are uh, why did you move to the northwest <laughs> well for work you know i used to live in kentucky and when right. your association would do any event at the dormy club i would drive over from kentucky to play in that event uh -huh. i was able to follow the hickory grail the year it was at Dormy Club. I, I, I don't know if that was the only time it was at the Dormy Club, but uh, I wasn't in the Grail. I was just a newcomer back then, but I fell in love with the Carolinas. And the, I think, Rob, I think the Mid Pines event is the pinnacle event on the calendar every year to me, partly well, because of the time of year and the condition of the course and the history and the Ross connection and all of it. Thank you. It's a big thank you to everybody who made a success uh, from the owners all the way down to you know, I, I was thinking, uh, preparing for the podcast, is there a Mount Rushmore Hickory Golf? I mean, I think it's, they, they've, they've come through uh, Mid-Pines, you know, think of mm -hmm. Tad, Roger Hill, just several, you know, uh, folks that have helped get it started. I mean, Ralph Livingston was there in the beginning. Randy was probably there. Yeah, Randy's came through. Yeah, uh, yeah everybody's come through. And we, we you know, uh, having guidance from Tad, uh, Mid-Pines being the, wanted to be the season ending championship place. And uh, then it became one of the, I guess, the Hickory majors, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of what we, and what, you know, Ted has a great story of coming there in his younger days, which is terrific. And, 
and, and having the whole community really uh, embrace the event, you know, in the beginning with uh, Tom Stewart, and, uh, Bob Hansen embracing it, you know, it couldn't have worked out better, really. Has there ever been bad weather for it? <laughs> it's had some rainy, cold, cold, rainy days. Okay. It's funny, it's funny, Rob, that you, you, you ask about where's, is there a better place to play golf than, than the Sandhills? And I, I would probably concur. I think our, I think one of our benefits is, is that we're able to play all year round. Mm-hmm. You know, that's certainly one thing. And then, you know, the other thing is there's a lot of guys that have never played mid pines mm-hmm. uh, at the open. And when they finally come for the first time, uh, you know, it, it's everybody just is like, wow, now we really get it, you know, and it's, I think it's the perfect, it's the perfect hickory course and it's the perfect walk. Yeah. And it's the perfect time of year as well. Yeah. But I we've think. had some, we've had some sleet and some frost delays. Mm-hmm. Rob can attest to that. It's, we've had <laughs> some morning. cold mornings out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you guys, because of your location on the Eastern seaboard, you must have players from multiple States that come and play in your events. Is that true, Rich? You know, not so much. You would think, I mean, our, our membership is, is 670 something. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of that is because in the early days, there was no other sort of website or way to stay connected. So I think we had a lot of folks from all around the country that are, that were members that are still members, you know, technically they're website members. Right. Like me. Um, But, you know, we'll get some, we'll get some people like, uh, you know, this past, um, you know, the guys from Virginia will come down, some South Carolina guys will, will come down. But, um, you know, like I, we've had some, we've had some guys from Philly come down, you know, if they're, if they're on, like we had a couple of guys come through, on their way to Augusta, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. if they're if they're going up and down 95, and we have a we have a local event, they'll you know they'll pop in. Some of the Jersey guys, Bill Martin, will play with us. You know, we we always struggle to kind of get over that 21 to 24 number on our on our monthly events, mm-hmm. uh, which I think a lot of probably a lot of local a lot of local groups would love to have. But with 600 and so members, you know, I'd I'd love to see us have a 36 to 48. Yeah. Um, but be careful what you ask for, because yeah. then I have to manage that. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys made an interesting decision, in my view, which is you decided at some point for your website to make it a forum. And I'm not sure how many people have followed that footstep. How do you reflect on that in hindsight? Was that a great decision or would it have been preferable to maybe make it easier on all of you to have a simpler website? I mean, I, Willie, Willie really was the constructor of the website along with Matt Dodge's help, hmm. uh, as I recall, right? Right, Willie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any other Hickory form that's as robust as yours. Well, originally we started out just with a, an email list back and forth to everybody. And that, that got unwieldy after a while. And um, actually, uh, Bumfrey helped set, us, set up a, a website for us. But then uh, later on, one of the guys that works for um, Matt, he, he put it together for us. And we've, we've had that platform ever since. And it was a, a Ning platform. And it, it just had all the bells and whistles that we needed, including the forum. And that was a good way to uh, remind people at the last minute, hey, we've got an event coming up in a couple of days. We're going to send out the pairings in uh, two days. So sign up. And uh, people would respond to it right away. And then we put the results on afterwards. And then we started, you know, having discussions. What sort of ball to use? Uh, How do I get clubs? And uh, as you say, it's very robust, uh, but it's a great communications device. And um, 
is still in use today is quite uh, quite active, I would say. Did Mike Henderson ever post any questions about the ball? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, um, just about 10 or 20,000 probably. I know, I've read many of them. <laughs> uh, could you tell us and our listeners about the Haggis Cup? Is that one of your signature events? Yes, it is. Um, we're, we were always trying to get people to sign up. They would be welcome at our events, but uh, our membership, our paid membership, which is different than the um, uh, signing up on the, on the website, our paid membership is $100 for life. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started out with that in, um, in 05, and uh, that's still in effect today. And uh, we, we have a pretty healthy balance sheet be because of that. But uh, I wanted an event that was only for paid up CHGA members and also a way to get more people to sign up. So uh, in 06, we put together the Haggis and I always liked match play. That's what Hickory Golf was about for many, many, many years. And uh, there, there just weren't that many match play tournaments out there. So we cooked that up and uh, the Haggis was just kind of a neat word tag for for hickory and uh i think jay harris won it the first three or four years and uh but after that it started to uh take off i never won it but i donated the cup and i have my name on it but other than that i never <laughs> earned my name on it but rich won it and is uh, that a multi-day affair or all in one day uh, two days oh, uh, two days okay and what the original format, uh, we've modified that from time to time. Uh, it's captain's choice on it, of course, but uh, one point per hole and one point if you win the, uh, win the nine holes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you play two nine hole matches with different guys on, on uh, Saturday. And um, then you, we used to go to pizza at my house. And then on Sunday we played, uh, we racked and stacked by, um, by place and then uh, you played two more matches and so a total of 36 points and usually a winner was in the range of 26 to 29 mm -hmm. somewhere in there 29 points i we only had one or two ties that i recall uh where we had to have a playoff but um it's been a good good um championship and uh i don't know of any other match play going on out there and Willie, do those teams just simply switch partners at the turn? Yes. They stay in the same foursome. Yeah, that's great. Rich, what do you what do you love about that? Well, I, running running the event is is always a little bit of a difficulty, as as Willie can attest, because you know when you're when you run all of these events, you know you're trying to herd a bunch of cats, collect money, make sure the pairings are set, the scorecards are dotted, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and and now all of a sudden you're on the tee and um, you haven't thought about your golf game at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I think perhaps that may be one of the reasons why Willie never won it was that, you know, running the, running that event, it's a lot going on and you, you know, you don't get to warm up, you know, you're, you're you know, some guys don't show, they don't call, uh, you know, being, being mm -hmm. the captain of the, of the society, Willie made it look so smooth and easy, but, he was paddling like hell underneath the water all those years. And now that I'm in that, I'm in that spot, I can certainly relate. It's, it's my single, well, besides winning the, winning the low net a few times at mid pines, it's, you know, having my name on that trophy with guys like Jay Harris and, 
Gary Briggs and you know the guys that are that I really respect and love is is one of the highlights of my of my hickory my hickory career so to speak so but it's a great event and you know you you always we're always chasing make sure that we have even numbers because if you have an odd number or somebody drops out now when you make that flip-flop at the turn you've got to sort of jigger the pairings and you know there's been a couple of controversial winners and there's been you know, well, this guy played this guy three times and racked and stacked a bunch of points. And so it's, it's, um, match play is wonderful, but it's not an easy event to conduct yeah. as, the, as the captain. Yeah. But we will continue to do so. And, and, um, you know, I would like to see it, you know, I'd like to see our numbers be a little bit higher, but, you know, we're, norm we're normally 14, 16, 18 guys. So it's, but I, I love the event. I wouldn't miss it. It sounds like a fun thing. Rob, yeah. are you affiliated with Duke University now? or? Uh, yes. Just... Yeah, I'm the, I'm the head golf professional here at uh, Duke University Golf Club. Excellent. You know, our staff up here. Do you see any hickory play up there at all? No. Well, in the area, um, you know, Bob George Aid's up here and um, Hope Valley's the course. I think they've had a couple of events on the road. Uh, with the Carolinas Hickory Association to play at Hope Valley. But, you know, our course is a 1957 uh, uh, Robert Trent Jones. So, you know, classic in the later part of the classic design era. Uh, but, you know, and I've talked to Rich Bill about this. This is a fun course to play, but not, not really suited for Hickory. Sure. Yeah. You guys, I know some of you have listened to the Florida Hickory Golfers podcast already. In what ways would you say your group is similar to or dissimilar to other regional play groups around the country to the extent that you have knowledge about that? Maybe I can take a moment to um, tell how we came together, how it actually sure, please. Yeah. came together. Uh, as I said, I um, played in the first Mid Pines Hickory Open and I'm sitting in the audience on, uh, on the last day and Tom Stewart had the microphone and that's always a bad combination. Uh, but he was up there uh, talking about how there was uh, a group of players in the, in the Sand Hills who got together every month to play Hickory Golf. And as I told you, I was going to be moving down there the next year. And so when I got, got here in, um, in April of 05, I went in to see Tom at his shop and I said, uh, I'd like to sign up for this monthly group. And he said, well, you know, we really don't have a, a group. It's a great idea. We've been kicking it around. And I kept trying to, to get in touch with the local guys. And I did play with several of them, Doug Marshall and a few others that were down there, Barry uh, Markowitz. And um, uh, so finally, I invited uh, several guys to come over to Mid Pines at, at Pops Lounge in uh, December of, of 05. And that was Rob Paluski, uh, Jay Harris, Doug Marshall, uh, Tom Stewart, and um, Bobby Hansen was supposed to be there, but he had, a, he had a conflict of some sort. And Rob had done some leg site. They had a a website or a, um, an email address, I believe. And we were gonna call ourselves the um, Honorable Company of Pinehurst Hickory Players or something similar to that. And uh, the guys at um, SOHG heard about it and they, they got on our case saying that uh, Edinburgh would uh, be getting on our case about that and they didn't want us to um, alienate them at all. So, uh, we cast about and then Pinehurst 
back in those days, they had a lawsuit with a course that's now part of Pinehurst, uh, course number nine. In those days, they wanted to call themselves Pinehurst Plantation, but there was a lawsuit. So we decided to jet jettison the Pinehurst name and came up with Carolina Hickory Golf Association. But it was us six that put that together. And just to refresh Rich's uh, memory, I was reading through the, the notes that I had and he was, he's a charter member in 05, we, everybody that came in as, as members, 06, I meant to say, uh, are charter members. And Rich was one of those. I think we had 40, 40 guys in the first mm -hmm. year or so. Great. Rob, to, to answer your question about the Florida difference, though, I, I think that, you know, we, we had a maybe a bit more of a robust collection of guys that were really driving the whole process forward. Um, where, you know, Mark, Mike Stevens is a sort of a, he's a, a force unbeknownst to, to all of us. I mean, he, he really has dominated the scene down there and has done just a fabulous job with the pro thing. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't think they get together as frequently, potentially, maybe as we do. Um, I think geographically, it's a little tougher for them, you know, yeah. uh, but, you know, Rich Grula and, and Geisler and, and, um, uh, was it Cody Kiproff, I think, was one of the early guys down there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been down there a couple of times to play with them, but, you know, life gets busy and, and um, you know, there, but Mike is, Mike is clearly a force down there. And, and I think he really dominates kind of what happens and where they play. And, and um, where I think the difference where we are is that, you know, we've got a little bit broader reach across our region and guys can chip in, you know, Bob will take care of us at Hope Valley. Jay Harris was such a force for a while at the Pinehurst Club. Rob's been unbelievably generous with, with the Mid Pines thing. So, you know, we, I think we have perhaps maybe a bit more diversity in where we play and, and, how, and our membership. I don't know, maybe you know, Rob, how many, how many members do they have? Are you aware? Oh, in Florida? Yeah. I, I don't know the number off the top of my head. I'm now on the board of SOHG and they did a quick analysis of where the largest number of members of SOHG come from. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, it's Washington State. It's out here. I was surprised to hear that. Yeah, I was too. Now that might be partly because we're hosting the U.S. Hickory Open this year out here. Uh, but we have the greatest numbers. Now our group is growing really quickly. But And we're a three-state region, you know, so we cover a lot of turf. But it's because there's not as much population center out here as you guys have. Uh, but I'm sure Carolina must be, North Carolina, South Carolina must be second and third, I would imagine. You know, one thing I was going to say was, uh, you know, the, the Carolinas and the, our events wouldn't be successful without Mike Stevens and the Florida gentlemen that uh, have helped us be successful, much as Rob and the Northwest guys, Rob Alshweed coming yeah. in. And uh, maybe Rob Alshweed's uh, recruiting efforts up there. maybe more Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you guys mentioned, Billy, Willie, you mentioned you guys have a nice balance sheet or Rich did. Somebody said that. What do you do with the funds that you collect? What does that support? Well, it, it's not so rich that um, they've been able to take it all and go to an island in the, in the Bahamas. But, you know, I really just sit on it, Rob. I, 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 don't, I don't do a whole lot with it. You know, our, we pay for our web hosting in our, in our site mm -hmm. name, uh, our domain name. I, you know, I, I probably ought to spend a little bit of it, but I don't really know what I would spend it on. Uh, I'm going to spend, and we support the, we support the uh, the U.S. Hickory Open with some money every year. Yeah. 
one thing I am going to spend some money on this year is I'm going to I'm going to have a trophy made and we're going to have our inaugural Carolinas Hickory Open. We've never had an open championship here. And I, I felt like as a contribution of, uh, you know, I think every captain should try to lead, lead something for the benefit of the rest of the group. Willie, Willie did the haggis and, and I think that we've uh, not had an open and I'd, and I'd like to have an open. So we're going to have our inaugural open this year and I'm going to buy a trophy. So, yeah, that's but, nice. But, you know, we're, we're north of $8,000. Um, and I, you know, if you have any ideas, I'm, I'm all ears. Um, but I think, I think having a little bit of cash on hand is never a bad thing. No, 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 not at all. That's a, that's a healthy bank account for a Hickory group. Uh, you know, we buy banners, pop-up banners and things so we can promote our group when we're out visiting various courses, but that's only a few hundred dollars. You know, and we pay for our web services and do the same things you do. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the Hickory Grail. I know that was contested at least once in your backyard. What's become of that event? Do you guys know? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't uh, really been following that anymore. Uh, Did you guys play in it when it was at Dormy Club? No, I didn't. Uh, it's an invitation only. And yeah. uh, I didn't get the invite. I didn't get an invitation either. Yeah. I, I knew of the event, but I did not participate. Yeah. I, I mean, I know a little bit of the background on it. We don't need to go into that. What are some of the dynamics of your club today in terms of demographics and uh, energy and rivalries? Do you guys, you, you mentioned the Virginia group. Do you get to have home and home tournaments at all? We used to, we used to have a, uh, a Virginia, North Carolina two-day match play thing. And then COVID hit. We lost a little bit of uh, energy uh, with that. So we've, we've missed that event two, now two years in a row. Uh, it's very, very difficult. I mean, I think as, as our group ages a little bit, it's very difficult for to get you know, 12 or 16 guys to participate in that event to travel. Yeah. Um, you know, especially to go to Virginia and you know, where do you stay? And the Virginia guys, typically they, they'll come here and they'll, you know, but I, I, it's, it's always sort of a, it's a, it's a bit of a tough one. And then, you know, you fall short, you don't, you don't, you don't have even numbers of guys on the team. So that event's been a little bit of a challenge. And now, now um, Jim Clausen's the captain up there. He's doing a great job and he's had some health issues as you yeah. probably are aware. And so yeah. we're all, we're all praying for him, but um, and you know, so that's, that's certainly one thing that we, you know, they're, a, they're a fairly big rival, um, but we've lost a little bit of momentum in that event. Yeah, there's been some talk out here about wouldn't it be cool after Mid Pines every year, if it's possible, to do a state regional association match play with multiple regional groups, but do it after Mid Pines so that everybody can come out. Everybody like us loves to visit your area and Pinehurst, just like the Grail was at the Dormy Club the day after. Maybe we could do a national match play regional Ryder cup kind of thing but it would take a lot of organization but i think it'd be really fun it'd be great to get wisconsin nebraska florida carolinas northwest philly vermont get all the groups together and have an, an event but anyway we'll see if that I ever comes that. to be i love that idea what are you thinking like maybe four to six guys on a team and yeah sure i think that's that, a great idea wouldn't that be fun it would be a great idea yeah Kind of so, I was going to say a, a suggestion there. I mean, you can have multiple events going at the same time. I mean, you could incorporate uh, how many people on a team, four people, six people, and you could make that a, a tournament within a tournament at mid Right, that's true. 
achieve that um, might be um, an idea. You're right. That's a good idea. So do you guys operate with a board of directors or how do you organize the group? You want to take that one, Willie? <laughs> there is no board or I, I never set up a board. Uh, I do. Um, I had communications with two or three guys that I would bounce ideas off of kind of um, a graybeard sort of a council, but not a lot of people want to serve. They just want to be told where the course is, uh, how much to uh, ante up and mm -hmm. uh, where's it going to be. And uh, let me know and I'll, I'll show up. Um, it's hard to get people to, uh, to help out. So it's um, uh, pretty much a beneficial dictatorship. And um, I, I used to listen to everything and then uh, everybody in their complaints and then uh, try to find the middle ground and uh, was usually successful at that. But um, I don't see the need for a board. We're just not that formal. It's just sure. a bunch of guys playing golf, so set up a schedule and, and come and play. And before there were other regional groups, we used to have guys come in from all over the place. You came from Kentucky and uh, Mike Brown used to drive all the way down from Indianapolis to play golf with us. And mm -hmm. John Gates drove up from Florida. He was able to sell clubs and finance his trips by, by doing so. Bumphrey would come in uh, from, he had a place at Hilton Head, so he would come in or come down from uh, Ohio when he lived up there. But uh, once other groups started, we lost those people coming in and uh, we tried the home and home stuff. We took a group of 15 or so down to um, Florida and played with them. And Cody Kirchhoff, who was uh, the guy running it at that point was going to come up when we tied it on to the end of mid pines, but um, nobody showed. Mm. We had it set up on pine needles and uh, mid pines, uh, which is two great venues and uh, people just don't want to travel. I, uh, I used to travel a lot. I played in 14 tournaments one year, the high water mark. And um, it's, I just don't, I don't even want to drive two hours anymore. <laughs> Maybe, I understand. Maybe it's my age. I don't know. What do you think, Rich? <clears throat> well, we that's I, I think you make you bring a, a great point, Willie, that you know, we as as our core membership guys have aged out and as we've tried to get younger members, it's working. Um, you know, we're getting I, I've already got nine guys that have already given me checks this year that are under 50 years old who have joined, which is huge. Yeah, um, you know, that's so and, and these guys, these guys remind me a little bit of me when when Rob gave me his clubs that first day at, at Mid Pines. I mean, you know, as you know, Rob, the first time you, you hit one on the button and, and the ball flight goes exactly how you envisioned it, you are hooked. Yeah. And, and all of those guys now are are sort of on fire and they're all getting the clothes and, you know, I, I can't you know, they're all posting stuff on the forum site. And so it's um, it's exciting to. To, uh, to see it grow. But, you know, we, Willie won't travel and Willie always used to travel. And I think a lot of the guys that are, that are Willie's age are, are, you know, picking their spots and staying local and when they can. Yeah. I mean, just talking about that for a minute, it's astonishing how often Tad Moore comes out here. Yeah. Tad is traveling all the time and he shows up at our events all the time. It's remarkable. That's crazy. You know, he's an exception, I know, but Pretty amazing. Rob, did you get a chance to know Frank at all when he was still with us? Uh, Dr. Frank? Yeah. Dr. Frank, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Dr. J introduced me to this uh, shy guy from Ohio. I said, shy guy from Ohio? 
And uh, he, he, I said, Dr. J, he's, you're bringing him out of his shell. And, um, but uh, yeah, what a, what a, you know, what a life force Dr. Frank was and uh, fun. Yeah. Super guy, you know, it's gracious, allowed me to stay in his condo in Hilton Head and uh, lots of good stories with Dr. Frank for sure. And so, so many, you know, I think Rich said it earlier, it's a hickory golf's about those that really appreciate the game and it's uh, the fellowship, the camaraderie, all, all the, you know, golf's a gentleman's game. It's an honorable game and all hickory brings that out in my opinion. Yeah. We mentioned John Green earlier. You know, I went to Tad's tournament one year and my wife came with me when we were in Kentucky and we came down from the Tutwiler uh, room to have breakfast. And we walk into the dining room, you know, at the hotel to get breakfast. It's just buffet. John Green stands up because my wife walked in the room, you know, I'll always remember that. It was so unexpected and I just couldn't believe the courtesy of that, you know. Southern and that's yeah, Southern gentlemen, and those are those are traditional things that weren't something I experienced very often. <clears throat> Willie was was John was was he the life force behind those first two U.S. Hickory Opens at Morganton? No, um, we had um, we first played there the first year uh, '06. We played at uh, Mimosa Hills, and Mike, um, what's his name from? Uh, the um, Donald Ross Society. Dave Michael Fay. Michael Fay. Michael uh, he set it up with um, with the pro there. And when I I was went on the board of uh, SOHG in 07, and uh, the first thing they did is task me with doing the first U.S. Hickory Open. And this was in uh, March of 07, and uh, they said we want you to have have it this summer, and I said, "Well, I'll do it, but it's got to be next summer because it's just too short a notice, and I get to pick the course, and um, I'll do it for one year, and then uh, you find somebody else to do it." So we we did it with uh, Mimosa Hills that first year, and uh, that that kind of started it, and I I think we did it for three years in a row. You know, kind of like Prestwick was what five or six years. Uh, when they did the open there uh and then they started a rota but that was a dynamite course and i still love that golf course i thought wasn't john a, wasn't john was like a charter member there though wasn't he a, didn't he have the he didn't have the car dealership there in morganton or yes he did. his father-in-law uh, willed that business to him and and john went to school with grade school with john mckee who's done a was done at Pinecrest and they were lifelong friends. So the two of them came into Hickory Golf and uh, I didn't realize that I didn't check the record very closely, but John played with us for 10 years or so before, mm -hmm. before he kicked in his hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but being a gentleman, he just, he came to me one day, he said, I don't think I ever gave you a check. So here it is. But uh, he played there on a, a regular basis. Uh, he was a member of that club for a long, long, long time. I, I think he ran that Chrysler dealership in the, since uh, sometime in the, in the late 40s, his early 40s, his father-in-law started. Rob, have you had the pleasure of playing Mimosa? No, not me. That, that's, uh, I mean, that, that was the fixture for the first three or four years, I think, it, of, the, of the U.S. Hickory or the USO, the, the SOHG, and right. man, what a great tournament course! Mm. That you need to put that on your list. Yeah, I will. Have Have your association done any pre nineteen hundred events at all? 
We just had a gutty event uh, held in our little in our little uh, Midland Midland Country Club, which is a nine hole course here across uh, the street from Ironwood Restaurant. <clears throat> we had a I think we had six or eight, maybe twelve guys play um, play gutty. Willie, have we ever done anything else with gutty? No, no. We uh, started out. We talked originally of being a hickory and persimmon. We were going to play, you know, old persimmon clubs from the fifties, uh, but that. That part never took off at all, so we just kind of scratched that. But you know, up at um, Foxburg, they have a, a steel event and a um, or a, a 1930s event and um, and a gutty mixed in there. Mm -hmm. But uh, we we were just you know the standard pre 1935. Mm -hmm. Are there things that the three of you would do if you could to help steer the growth of hickory golf in the next 10 years? Are, are there are there things that come to mind that you would advise all of us to think about in terms of growing, continuing to grow the interest in the game? Yeah, I think what Rich is doing is uh, finding guys with a five in front of their front of their age. And mm -hmm. that's, that's going to be what saves us. Uh, because I looked at the charter list and uh, unfortunately, some of those guys are dead or one foot in the grave. And who knows how much longer we have. But um, I think that we need young guys. We had a lot of young guys, but they die out too. You know, they, their interests change. And uh, every time George Aid comes to town, somebody's turning in their old hickories and getting out of it. So, yeah. You know, uh, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, what one of the things uh, I was fortunate to work at Pinehurst and, and we run uh, the Tufts uh, archives and you may have played in those, the, the Pro-Am and, you know, that's ahead of the Mid Pines event. And, but that the mission for that event is to really build awareness. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a benefit Audrey and the Tufts archives, but it's really about uh, introducing the sport to new golfers as golf professionals play and it runs a, follows the Carolinas PGA uh, rules and regulations. But uh, you know, that event is, you know, the mission is to grow, grow and introduce the sport to new golfers. And I think through that, several folks have bought clubs from Dr. J and, uh, so that, that, that's one thing is to build awareness through that event. I think that the two big things that I think about the most are, are and I think the, the folks down in Texas, as I was reading their, their blurb on uh, what they had done with the, I think, what, what do they partner with the first T-Rob down there? Yes. They had a bunch yeah. of kids that were, that were playing. I, I might have to call those guys down there and find out how they did that, because I think if you can get hickory clubs in hands of 13 to 15 year olds you know I, I think that's like whenever I see a kid and I say go ahead and hit my club you know they love it I, I try to make a point of doing that and I think I think maybe helping more women get in the game is also a, would be a benefit however you know it's such it's so hard and the women are so distant challenged that you know even if they're playing a short golf course I, I think they get very very frustrated very very easily unless they're a very you know, accomplished players. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I probably would, after I get past this North Carolina Open, I, I probably will look at maybe partnering with First Tee next year and trying to get some kids uh, hooked up with with my guys. I think they do that at Foxburg, and I think they, I think the guys down in Austin have done Onion Creek have done a, a pretty good job with that because I, I think we're battling. One of our big battles is is that you know when you look at golf on TV it's such an anathema of what we do and what we play, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and all of the technology that you're, you're advertising that, you know, you see on TV. It's just, it's just such, so contrary to the Hickory game. So I'd like to um, 
uh, go back and uh, pay a tribute to Jay Harris uh, because Please. he was really instrumental in growing the Carolina Hickory Golf Association. He lived on, uh, I think, hole number seven, of course, too. And, you know, they have a ton of members over there. And Jay was always in contact with them. And he brought in dozens of people uh, starting in the first year. And there are virtually none of those guys uh, still playing with us. Uh, they drop off for a variety of reasons and sell their clubs back to George Aid and, and move on. But if it wasn't for Jay, we wouldn't have the have had the robust membership that we enjoyed for so many years. And now he has health issues. He's retired from golf. Uh, I see that Bob George Aid is selling off Jay's uh, huge, huge collection of uh, rental golf club sets and mm -hmm. uh, his personal collection as well. So uh, I wish Jay well and I uh, haven't seen him in a while. And uh, I hope he gets a chance to listen to this. And uh, I, I do thank him from the bottom of my heart for helping CHGA get off the ground. You know, absolutely, Captain Bill. And I have great memories of uh, attending the Dayton Trade Fair with Dr. Jay, and probably 2000, winter of 2003, right there right in the beginning, mm -hmm. or 2004, in that time period of yeah, just getting started. And right. uh, you know, hats off to Dr. Jay for sure, absolutely. My very first event was at uh, French Lick, the U.S. Hickory Open that year. It was my birthday. I had just discovered Hickory Golf. I didn't own any clubs yet. And I went up to walk the course and watch the players. And it, you guys may remember that year was this unbelievable heat wave. Yep. And Jay was in the clubhouse. A lot of the players just gave up. It was too hot and it was impossible to play and walk the course. And everybody said, you got to talk to Jay Harris because I, I wanted to buy clubs. And Jay was one of the very first people I met. For the sake of listeners, we've got listeners all over the world to this podcast. Could you talk about your favorite courses in the Carolinas for Hickory Golf? Let's start with you, Rob. Uh, well, I think Mid Pines uh, would be Mid Pines, Pine Needles, um, Piners number one, um, Piners number three. You know, I think the Hope Valley is another great course. I think, you know, Southern Pines is going to be uh, great when it's once it comes on after this uh, Kyle Francis redo. I'd really be curious to play there. And, uh, you know, so many great Don Ross courses like Mosa has been mentioned. I've not played it with Hickory, but uh, I can just imagine, you know, so those are a few of mine. Mm -hmm. Willie? Well, that's a hard question. It's kind of like, who is your favorite grandchild? But uh, Mid Pines is, has always been on the top of my list. And uh, I've been a, a member there since they opened up the membership. And uh, uh, number two is going to be Southern Pines. I've been a member there as well. And uh, I think I'm the only one that was a member there and also at Mid Pines and Pine Needles. And when they brought them together, I, I was talking with Kelly and I said, you've got a marvelous trifecta here and he he agrees and uh when kyle is done with this course uh next september so when you guys come down for mid pines uh uh this year make sure you get a chance to play over there because uh that's going to be a dynamite golf course maybe the haggis will come back now who knows mm -hmm. so, but um i like 
course three back in the, the days when it was course three, they've jiggered it around a little bit. I don't really care for a lot of that. And then outside of the Sand Hills area, I, I like uh, Mimosa Hills uh, a real lot. Hope Valley was a great course. Uh, Alamance, we used to play up there. That That's a great golf course as well. Rich, would you add anything to that? <clears throat> they they stole all of my all of my top picks. I, I think um, the first time I ever walked on Mid Pines, the starter who was an old gentleman, uh, Gene Rainey was the starter then, and and he was just a true Southern gentleman. He told me that he said if you play one more, if you play another golf course that you'll that you'll enjoy more than this, I'd be very very surprised. If the good Lord was going to take me tomorrow, and, and I, you know how much I love Scotland, you know, I would probably choose my last round of golf to be mid pines. I think mm -hmm. it is the perfect walk. And I, so I, I really can't uh, add anything other to, to the other guys. Um, I do think that what I'm seeing at Southern Pines, it, it's, it's going to be like a mini Pine Valley. I mean, that's, that place is going to be really, really special. The only one I would add that these guys didn't uh, add is, is Linville in, in the mountains. Uh, Linville is, really special very very private but it's it's quite the place you know, like is, is southern pines public it is public mm -hmm. um it was owned by the elks willie probably knows more about the background than i do but um kelly miller has been uh chasing that property for a number of years and they were finally able to put the put the deal together the clubhouse is the old elks lodge is now no longer that's been scraped scraped away and uh, you know, Kelly is a mem member of, um, of Pine Valley, and a lot of what he's done on the redo, Kyle Franz, both here at Mid Pines and at Pine, and at Pine Needles, um, the sandscapes look very much like Pine Valley, and I think, I think Kelly is trying to make it look like Pine Valley as much as he can. Mm -hmm. He will never wow. say that, but that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, just a few last questions before we close up. Uh, you guys have a fair number of collectors. You also have some incredible antique dealers in town. Uh, how does that impact the, the group at all, if at all? I, I've bought some of my uh, pre-1900 clubs from Mike Daniels and his partner, and uh, I envy the fact that you guys have, you know, let's talk about Bob George Aid just for a minute. Have you guys been to his place, and what on earth does it look like? <laughs> I don't know. I'm allergic to dogs, and his wife <laughs> is a dog breeder, so I, I don't know uh -huh. there, but somewhere I have a picture of 200 clubs, uh, hickory clubs in the trunk of my Jag. I, uh, I downsized a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, Bob sold off uh, six, 800 of my clubs for me. I, I still have some, uh, but I haven't really gone and, and uh, purchased any collector items in uh, in a number of years. I've got a couple of great playing sets and I'll keep them going as, as long as I can. I've always said when I turn 80, I'm gonna look at modern clubs again, but uh, now that I'm here, I'm gonna keep keep going with hickories. Amen I, to I that. Play those, I play those straight up against the steel guys. I, I do use a Callaway driver, uh, I have to admit, uh, just to keep up with them on the on the drives but all the rest are hickories mm -hmm. rob did you ever go to george aid's house at all no i haven't been there it's, it's kind of a myth um i've not <laughs> been there but uh uh it, it does exist you know uh, he he shows up from time to time hits some balls over on our ranch <laughs> um, he's a great resource for for help but i've not been there no uh, i've not been there either rob I, I can i can tell you though that you know bob does not work on clubs no i know uh, 
but so, how, so imagine ha, imagine having to inventory and track all of this stuff. Well, you know, one of the things that you know Bob was reluctant to get on this on this call because he didn't he knew that if he got on this call and word got out that he had a bunch of clubs, mm -hmm. the, the the influx of emails and stuff that he would have to answer would just be mind boggling to him, and he didn't want to he didn't want to deal with that. So. Um, I, I can't imagine what his place looks like. I, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, I, I do know what Jay Harris's garage looked like. Uh-huh, yeah. It was, it, I mean, he must have had two or 3,000 golf clubs in there just in barrels. And I suppose he knew what everyone everyone was and he had match sets and bags. And I mean, yeah. it, was, it was crazy in that garage. Yeah, well, we've I, got the same thing out here. I, I do know that he has bins uh, because he told me I asked him a question about a specific club and he said, well, let me check my bin, your bin. And so I think he, all the people that he's selling for, he has all the clubs in these bins. And um, it looks like there was some color coding going on as well, uh, stickers. So, but that's but the, a good question. Those antique dealers in town, aren't there two downtown that have clubs for sale also? You got, you have, um, you have <laughs> Tom Stewart's, Tom Stewart's um, shop. And then Bobby Hansen's shop, and, and Bobby's got some amazing things in there. I don't know whether you've been in there, Rob. Is that the partner of Mike Daniels? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, I've been in one of the shops downtown with a lot of clubs and artwork and various things. That yeah, Bobby's got Bobby's got some amazing books and art and art in his shop. Yeah. Uh, Tom is Tom's more sort of golf balls and collectibles mm. and that kind of stuff. But if you're really looking for something first class um Hansen's and you know there's no price tag no price tags in Bobby's shop and, well I think uh, he's got a club he says that was owned by Alan Robertson I wouldn't be surprised yeah and he let me hold it it was in the case it's got all the tick marks on the shaft which was what Alan did with his clubs and I've never forgotten that club so uh, do you guys have favorite recollections of your favorite hickory golf shot do you have a you know a shot that you'll always think about or remember in your hickory play career? Well, I, I remember a couple of shots. Um, the um, 18th hole of the old course, I got on in two mm. and I was there with Ken Holtz. He and I went together and uh, when I turned 70 in uh, 2011 and uh, Richie was over there too, but I don't think you were playing uh, with us on the old course, but I got on in two and uh, there was a crowd because we uh, both had our knickers on and people were asking us stuff and um, we got up there and it was a downhill putt. And um, I thought I had it in, but it, it just lipped out and there was a groan in the back, just like you hear on, uh, here on TV, mm -hmm. but I did par it, so. <laughs> Do you remember what you hit into the green? Uh, no, I don't. I think a, a little clique of some sort. Mm -hmm. I have yet to play the old course, Billy or Willie, but I think that the strategy is to play up the right side of the fairway. Is that is that a good strategy? I don't know. We we seem to get through that with no real problem. We're just we're, you're, you're just trying to not hit it in the road on that hole. Right? I know, I know. <laughs> Rob, do guess, you have any memories? Yeah, well, uh, memories. I don't. I mean, I guess. Uh, my memory's a, a different take is uh, being there with Mrs. Bell hitting some of Tad Moore's clubs at Mid Pines. And then Mrs. Bell telling me the story of how they used to figure out the shafts, you know, what the, what mm -hmm. was the shaft that was good for her, of, you know, 
breaking the Coke bottle and shaving the shaft down to figure out the right uh, flex, that sort of thing. So that that's really my favorite shots is Mrs. Bell's, you know, hitting Tad's clubs. And if you know Mrs. Bell, it's right off the putting green at Mid Pines is where she's hitting these shots. It's not yeah. like it's on range. It's just two steps from the, from the putting green and just hitting them down 18 fairway with nobody around, which is classic Mrs. Bell. Um, <laughs> Well, speaking you know. of Peggy Kirk Bell, you guys together probably developed that incredible commitment to women's golf and training. I think it's a model in the nation, isn't it, at Mid Pines? Um, yeah, well, Mid Pines, Pine Needles, really. Um, mm -hmm. That's where Bullet uh, promoted Mrs. Bell in the beginning of women's golf instruction. And Mrs. Bell's a pioneer. Um, certainly, I have a lot to be thankful for in my career from Mrs. Bell and Kelly Miller and the whole Bell family. And, um, but yeah, Mrs. Bell, true leader, um, gracious. You learn Southern hospitality from Mrs. Bell and, and her family and running um, uh, top resorts in the area. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Bell was, uh, Peggy Kirk Bell was an honorary member of the CHGA and we put together a plaque and I went over and gave it to her and we sat down at the bar at Pine Needles and she talked with me for 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And uh, the one thing she told me is, it's always stuck with me is that she says, it's a swing and not a hit. Mm, yes. And uh, every once in a while, you know, when you're really trying to, to nut the ball as hard as you can, that comes into my mind. And uh, then the next shot's a lot better because of that. But uh, she was so appreciative of that. But she wasn't really playing much after after that. We always hoped that she would come out and play with us, but uh, she never did. I remember her showing up at the award ceremonies and things like that, which was nice. And Rich, we've got that great, beautiful picture of the two of you that we'll put in the program notes. Oh my gosh, I was just gonna say, I, I, how do you have that picture? Well, you know what I did the other day? I went back to the original first photo ever posted on your website. You can do that because it's all chronological. And w Captain Willie posted all of the pictures at the very beginning. And I scrolled through from the beginning of the website for you know three or four years until I started posting pictures, which was probably 2008 or something like that. And it, that photo is one of the photos. That's so funny because as, as Rob was talking about her, I you would, you would ask me, you, know, you would ask us about our favorite shot in golf. And I think one of one of clearly one of my highlights being a member here was when I won that medal and she gave me that medal and I have that picture and um, that's that's a treasure of mine and I can't yeah. believe that you I, I actually I didn't even know that it was on the website yeah, yeah yeah I've got a copy of it I'll put it in the program notes is there anything else you guys want to share to for the audience you know one thing I'd like to say is uh, you know we had some international support to the Mid Pines Hickory Open and I'm uh, grateful for all the folks from uh, Scotland, you know, Canada, Doug Marshall came down and uh, others I'm forgetting uh, that um, would help us get things started from the UK that came over and uh, apologize for not remembering their names specifically, but yeah, I'm grateful for, for their, their help in uh, getting yeah. that event going. I put John Sherwood and John Mullock on that list from- Yes, the, England, so. there you go. Thank you. Those, those are the folks I was trying to remember. Thank you. Rich, anything else you want to add? Uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful that you're doing this, Rob. I think, I think these podcasts are, are really quite, quite something. And I think the more that we're talking about Hickory Golf, the more people are going to flock to it. And so good on you that you're doing this. And um, 
appreciate you. It's a, it's an honor to be asked to be on one of your podcasts. You're you're a bit like I told you. You, just, you look and sound like Tom Coyne. <laughs> yeah, I do look a little like him. You know what's <laughs> funny about Tom Coyne? He's a member at the course where I started caddying when I was a kid. Well, you know, you know, we're we're both we're both old Philly guys, yeah. and uh, I and I and I, I Tom's book about uh, you know when he when he's when he plays what three hundred sixty five rounds in Scotland that book that he wrote that yeah. I read in like three days, and I wanted to start writing him, but I didn't want to stalk him because I thought he probably has a million people trying to get a hold of him. But I would I would love to to meet that guy and and have him here and and take him around mid pines and yeah and he's just a he's a class guy and what he's doing and what you're doing is is sort of the same vein so so well done rob yeah well we don't i don't compare myself to the golfers journal podcast but tom came out here and came to a number of courses for his current book and rob alshweed a guy named goose and i drove down and met him at gearhart and we all played hickories and in fact in the last usga magazine there's a picture of us that he took at Gearhart when we met him to play that round for his book. But anyway, he's a, he's a fun guy and easy to meet, Rich. I'm sure you'll get a chance to meet him. I'd like to meet him. So he didn't play Hickory with you, huh? No, he didn't play Hickory's. He was keeping his cards for this whole book tour. Ah. And he was also hopping between groups so that he would spend, he played nine holes with us. He played with some other guys for the rest of the course, but we had a fun time with him. Well, gentlemen, well, thank you. About, tell us about Gerhard. I'm I'm excited to to get on a plane and come that way. It's very exciting. That um, yeah, Gerhard is a neat place. Uh, it's right on the Oregon coast, probably two hours north of Bandon Dunes. Uh, dates back to the 1890s. Uh, it's got a beautiful hotel. It's owned by the owner of Columbia Sportswear, who's an incredibly wonderful man and has invested a massive amount into the course. They've taken out thousands of trees. They've uh, let the fescue grow. It's a beautiful, beautiful course. And uh, it's about two blocks from the beach. So it's very much a lynx style course. And uh, it's got some challenging holes and fair holes and uh, wind and all the things you want, you know. And the service is impeccable. It's a public course. It's in a really small community. But like most places, they really value having us come. So our group hosts the three-day event there every July. And uh, this will be the second U.S. Hickory Open that we're hosting. We hosted the first one on the West Coast at Pebble Beach at, at uh, Del Monte a few years ago. Yep. And this will be the second one that we're hosting. And uh, Gearheart for us is one of the annual trips that we make. I'm glad you're coming. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Well, and I hope I hope that you guys will will get a chance to do your um, your uh, World Hickory Open. Um, yeah, I know, you're, I know you're all you're taking a bunch of guys over there. And you're looking forward to that, but uh, I hope I hope you're going to be able to travel. Yeah, I already paid for my plane ticket. I'm that optimistic, but I know if the variants pipe down, we may be able to do it. Yeah, we've got a 15 day trip planned over there, hitting all the high points. Well, I really, I really appreciate your time, guys. Thanks for everything you do and for sharing what you do with our audience. Pleasure being with you, Rob. Great our to see pleasure. you, Willie. Thank you so much. Appreciate Rob, it. good to see you. Thanks. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, guys. Stay, stay well.